double side hug. Love it, love it. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, we're in the middle of a series called All the Feels, and we're talking about emotions, boys and girls. Happy, sad, angry, glad, and it's been very powerful. Last week, we talked about happiness, and next week, we are talking about counseling, and Pastor Maritha is going to bring it down with a great message. It's going to be amazing, and today, we're talking about anger. It's going to be really good, and we're going to take a different spin on it. We're going to be talking about holy anger, and some of us might be thinking, ah, man, another message on anger management. Like, if you manage your stupidity, then I would have my anger managed. Anybody ever felt that way? I don't have an anger management problem. You have a stupid management problem. And so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling a lot of hearty amens already. And so I want, I want to start off, though by reading a really strange scripture passage in Judges 15 about a very particular, peculiar way that a judge dealt with anger. Later on, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. Been there. He said, I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him go in. Ooh, tragedy. I'd be so mad. I was so sure you hated her, he said. All right, so what's a reasonable thing to do here? That I gave her to your companion. What? You gave my wife to my best friend? Dad, isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead. So Samson said to them, this time I have a right to get even with the Philistines. I will really harm them. He's so angry. So what's he do? Something that we probably would all do. So he went out and caught 300 foxes. I'm so angry! Give me 300 foxes. And he tied them tail to tail in pairs. Oh, this is the only accurate response for my anger. Then he fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches, and let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned up the shocks and standing grain together with the vineyards and olive groves. When the Philistines asked who did this, they were told Samson, the Timnite's son-in-law, because his wife was given to his companion. We all do strange things when we are angry. Let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for this message, and I pray that you would help us to deal with our feelings, especially the feelings of anger and rage. Father, pray that we wouldn't just be hearers of your word this morning, but doers in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. While well, we see Samson expressing his anger by capturing Foxes tying their tails together, lighting them on fire, and sending them through the agriculture. This is a safe place. Who's been there? <laughs> amen, amen. Steve Snyder, I see your hand. <laughs> and, uh, Samson expresses his anger in a strange way, and we express our anger in various ways. We all deal with anger. There are things that just frustrate us. Do I have any angry people in the house of God today? There's some times where we just get frustrated. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like with some of these pictures that just make you angry. Let's see this first picture. You know, you get into the parking lot, and you're like, why did you park like that? I will fist fight you. This is not okay. Uh, another picture, please. You know, you go to pour some water, and you're like, how did that stream catch? I am pouring water on myself. I'm angry. Not okay. Or how many of you have someone in your house? They, they drink 
the last of it, but they leave just a little drop so that they don't have to go five feet and throw it away. Anybody live with someone like this? My wife does. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> You're like, why can't you do just a little more work? It's like 10 seconds of work. Honestly, anybody like me, I just, I don't, I'm not trying to be malicious or anything. I just, I just don't want to finish it off. I don't want to be that guy. I have, a, I, have, I have a good heart. Anybody have a good heart like me? <laughs> and, uh, you know, this has actually happened to me. Your iPhone cord, it's bent, like wires exposed. I, I'm not exaggerating. This has happened to me to the point where my cord set on fire. And there's small, anybody have that experience? It was scary. It made me angry. We all deal with various angers and express them in various ways. I, I used to live in Tulsa, and uh, in 2016, there was a, an election for a new mayor. And I want to show you a clip from one of the debates where uh, a man who's running didn't get the appropriate time allotted to him. He didn't get to share his platform or his voice, and that made him very, very mad, V-mad, as the kids say. And uh, I want to show you a clip of this experience. Well, gentlemen, we want to thank you for, all, for the debate, and it's been very good, very vigorous. We appreciate that very much. It is now time for our closing remarks. Each candidate gets 30 seconds. We begin with Mr. Byron. Mr. Byron. Uh, my name is Colton Walker Randolph, the running for mayor. Steve Chandler has followed me for many years. I deserve my time. There are five candidates here. I deserve my time. You are blocking our time. I have a, I have a voice here. I have a voice, and I will, I will do it. I will, I will say it. It's not the past. It is the platform. It is the platform. You are blocking other voices. We have other voices, sir. I will not do this. This guy's calling 911 in the background. For real. I will not step up. You get it? And he's holding duct tape for some reason. In a moment, he's going to make fun of someone for looking like Matt Damon. Anybody's vote? <laughs> Gonna vote for that guy. <laughs> Tulsa, Tulsa politics. It's a it's a wild world out there. <laughs> I lived there for four years, but we all we all express our anger in various ways, and I want to maybe identify some of the feelings you have. I I've seen commonly two categories of people. There are people who, when they are mad, upset, frustrated, they they just want to shut up. They just want to kind of hold it in and bottle it up. There are others who want to shout out. There's some of us who, you know, we, we like to stew on things. Just let it simmer. Let it crock pot. Some of us, we don't want to stew. We want to spew. I am angry. And uh, some of us, we like to suppress these emotions and, you know, just let them bottle up until, like, one day, for some reason, someone does something super small, and then you just explode on them. But until now, I'm just going to stuff that down deep in my happy place. Any, any, any stewers here? Anybody here? You like to, you're, 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 you're silent rager. 
I'm like, ha, oh, God bless you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt you later in a month. <laughs> Keep that up. I'm gonna hurt you in a month. <laughs> but where, where my, my, my expressors are? If I'm angry, you're gonna know it. <laughs> I am gonna spew toxic words over you. It's not like, uh, oh, hey, are you upset? Are you feeling violent? No, you know when I'm upset. <laughs> you're gonna hear my roar. <laughs> <laughs> so where where are my where are my spewers at? Raise your hand. Where, all right, awesome. Put them down. Where am, where are my spewers at? All right, all right. I will be careful from all of you. <laughs> but that that's somehow like a category way we can identify ourselves and how we deal with anger. But the fact is, and the reason we have this whole series here at Kalos Church, all the fields, is because we we believe that the church is the place where we can talk about emotions where we can handle them, where we can say, hey, I'm happy and I love Jesus. I'm angry and I love Jesus. I have fear sometimes and I love Jesus. I have sadness and grief sometimes. I love Jesus and even, hey, I, I love Jesus and I love my therapist. Like, that's an okay statement. It's an okay place. And we want to be able to harness that discussion here at Kalos Church because feelings are part of our human experience. Amen. And so uh, we're going to be talking about specifically, we're going to be talking about anger today. And telling the message today is how to deal with anger and dealing with anger. And so I'm just going to walk us through a roadmap. And this message is by no means an exhaustive list on how to deal with anger. There's so many great resources. But we just want to jumpstart the conversation and bring some biblical perspective to all of these things. And so the first thing I want to share with Pauline, how to deal with our anger and dealing with anger is, number one, we need to understand our anger. You need to understand your anger. You know, there's a reason you're angry. There's a reason you have frustrations. We've learned that, like, our feelings are not our God. They're not even our guide in our life, but they are a gauge. Our feelings are the check engine light of our heart. And when we're feeling something very strongly, that means our heart is telling us something. Our feelings have a message, and we need to understand our message. You know, people say that everything happens for a reason. So if I punch you in the face, I have a reason. <laughs> Let's look at Jesus dealing with anger in Mark chapter 3. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. So you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day of rest. And Jesus is in this scenario where someone has a hand that needs healing, and they want to see, is Jesus going to work on the Sabbath, working, being healing? And so they're looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. They're watching him closely. In verse 3, Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. And so Jesus, in this story, heals the man, breaking the rules of the Sabbath according to their understanding of the Jewish law. And I am encouraged by this passage because I believe that Jesus is perfect. Can I get a good amen? I believe that Jesus is God in human skin. I believe that Jesus is the prototype 
for how good humanity can be. And Jesus, the best of us all, had anger. And to me, that validates my feelings of anger. Sometimes we all have these anger, and anybody feel guilty for this storm that's brewing inside of you? You feel guilty for the anger? But if Jesus had anger, it gives us permission to have anger. Jesus being humanity as a prototype shows us, hey, feelings are a part of our life, anger being one of them. And Jesus, he knew why he was angry. He saw that the religious leaders of the day cared more about the ceremonial rules than they cared about human flourishing. They cared more about what Jesus was going to do concerning the Sabbath more than whether or not this man would and could be made whole. This man who had been seeking healing, this man who had been dealing with pain, this man who had been wondering, does God have a plan for me? Does God care about me? Jesus steps into it and says, hey, God does love you. God is willing to heal you. God can make you whole, and he's doing it right now. And the religious leaders are upset about a man being made whole. And Jesus like, you are missing the point of the Sabbath. The Sabbath was not made for people to worship. The Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath. And these rules exist to help people experience life and life abundantly, the life that Jesus provides. And so, yeah, I'm angry because your hearts are hard. Your hearts are stubborn. You have failed to raise up the level of dignity in this human. And that makes me angry. And I've just realized, like, when our anger rises, it's a sign. Anger is a message in our heart that something needs to change. Anger is a sign that something needs to change. And uh, some of us have maybe been taught, like, we're never supposed to be angry. But honestly, not only is anger an acceptable feeling, I think something's wrong with us when we don't feel anger. Something is unacceptable. Anger is oftentimes the right emotion to feel. Did you know that every single day, 2,195 children die from diarrhea every single day? That makes me angry. Diarrhea is totally preventable, yet 2,195 children are dying from it because of clean water, because of sewage and sanitation. It's totally preventable. Yet kids are dying from something that we have the resources to solve. That makes me mad. And I think that's the right emotion to feel. Did you know that as of 2019, there have been more mass shootings in America than we've had days in 2019? More than one mass shooting? More than one a day? That's not right. That makes me upset. When I have to wonder, when I put my kid in school, we just started public school in our kid, is my school going to be shot up today? That's not good. And I don't want to just feel okay. I want to feel a holy agitation with that. I think we ought to feel a holy frustration with that. You know, I was just reading about the Washington foster care and orphan system we have in this state, and there are 10,000 kids in foster care and orphanages here in Washington. And uh, it's gotten so bad that 
They're having to put kids in hotel rooms. Over 100 kids spent this last year in hotel rooms because families said, we don't want you. Because we, as Kalos Church, didn't step up to solve the problem. And that makes me mad. That makes me upset. And I think that's the appropriate response we ought to have. You know, 100 kids in hotel rooms, and they're losing foster homes every year. The amount of foster parents is lessening in Washington, even as the need is rising. That makes me upset. And I, I just think that the person who's not angry at evil lacks an enthusiasm for good. When we're not angry, it tells me we don't care. Because there's a lot of injustice in this world. There's a lot of pain. Things are not as they ought to be. And so we pray and we join hands with our Father in heaven. And we say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because the things on earth are not as they could be and should be. I have a holy agitation. I have a holy frustration. And so we need to listen to our anger because... Some of our frustration and anger is because things are not as they should be. Our anger is a sign that something needs to change. But what happens is we have this anger in our heart, and it, it gets kind of twisted a little bit. And we do things that we regret. But I want to help us to understand our anger. What is your anger telling you? Even right now, there are some frustrations you're carrying there's some anger. There might be some rage inside of you. But what is God speaking to you in your pain? What is God speaking to you about in your anger? What is your anger telling you right now? If anger is a sign that something needs to change, what is God wanting to change in you, around you, and through you? What is your anger communicating? And so that's the first thing that we are going to do in our path to dealing with anger. And the second thing I want to share is this. Yes, anger can be holy. Yes, anger is part of us. But we are called, according to the scriptures, to be angry, but do not sin. That's point number two. Be angry, but do not sin. Why do I say that? Well, you want to see why I phrased that point that way? Because of Ephesians 4. Be angry and do not sin. See what I did there? Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. You know, anger is part of the human experience, but anger is one letter short of danger. If you kick a stone in anger, you will hurt your foot. <laughs> and anger, a moment of anger can cause a lifetime of anger, right? <laughs> Some of us have given into a moment of anger, and it's caused a lifetime of of consequences. So the scriptures say, be angry. The scriptures say, be angry. Doesn't say avoid anger. Doesn't say, hey, you're not supposed to have anger. The scripture right here says, be angry, but it adds, do not sin. We are called to have these emotions, but we don't just follow our emotions. They're a gauge, not a guide. They're not our God, but they are part of our life. And so we need to harness these angers, though, and not sin. You know, uh, I think it was like I don't know, eight months ago or a year ago, uh, Pastor Ruth and I were on a date night, and we borrowed the, the Jennings, Andrew and Rachel Jennings. They have this car called a Chevy Cobalt, which was designed by uh, the, the Satan, you know? And uh, <laughs> it's just, it's not, 
It's not good. It's not of the Lord. And it has a horrible turning radius. Like, you cannot turn, even in legal turning areas, you can't make it. I'd rather turn a cruise ship than this car. Like, it is so bad. So we're on a date night. We're going to the Lincoln Square right here in downtown Bellevue. And we go up this parking garage. It's, it's like one way. It's kind of a thin lane. And you get stuck if one car is parking slowly. And so we find a spot. It's right around the corner. So we have to turn really sharp. It's so sharp that we have to back up, go forward, back up. And it's just not working because if we go forward, we're going to hit a car. If we go backwards, we're going to hit cars behind us. And there's a man in a car behind us who is so impatient. And he gets so angry, and he just starts honking his horn at us like a crazy person. And we're like, hey, we want to park too, sir. Like, hey, this is not working. But this turning radius is, is prohibiting us from getting in the parking spot. So I, I get out of the car. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure, like, hey, don't hit the car in front of you. You got this much to go. And, hey, don't back up this much because there's a car behind you. And as I'm standing there outside of the car, this man just starts getting angry and raging and gets more and more distraught. And he he revs up his engine. I'm like, what is this guy doing? And he puts it in drive and rams into my body. He hits me with his car. And so I collapse. I fall on top of the hood. Thud. Amrita's watching this over this the side view mirror. She's like, is my son, is my husband dying? What is, what is happening here? And then he, then he yells, if you don't move... I'm going to move you. I'm like, why didn't you tell me that ahead of time? I'm like, what? You just hit me with the car. Aretha's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Aretha gets out of the car. And she's like, what you doing to my husband? Are you kidding me? I will cut you. Get. 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 She's like, I grew up in Kansas. Get. By this time, there's like a crowd gathering around us, people with their cell phones filming, taking pictures. It's just wild. And I, I realize people recognize us as the pastors of Kalo's church. It's like, all right, man, I'm about to, I want to make know the beauty of Jesus right now. I, lo I love God. <laughs> I don't know if my leg will work again, but I love God. And so this guy gets out of his car, and now he approaches me, and he puts his nose on my nose. And this guy is taller than you. He's buff. He's got a tight shirt on. He is, he's bald, and he's got avia, aviator, aviator sunglasses on. And so we're, we're literally nose to nose, and, I, and he just, I don't know what he's going to do. So he, like, kind of checks me to see if I flinch. But I, I you know, I love fights. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to box in Korea. <laughs> and I and I love good stories. So I'm like, I hope he punches me. This would be the best sermon illustration. This is going to be great. It's, it's, he sees that I'm not scared. And I don't know if he notices a smirk. <laughs> I'm like, this is an awesome story. I can sense it. <laughs> and then, so he doesn't know what to do. So he just starts going, ah! Ah! And he just starts, right? You were there, you just start screaming in my face. Like, I'm pretty sure his saliva is entering my mouth. <laughs> ah! Like, what is going on? But the thing is, 
I love fights. I used to deal with violence a lot. I used to get in fights in school. I've been kicked out of so many things because of fights. But I, I made a decision a while ago, like, I am not going to give in to rage and violence. As a follower of Jesus, this is how I'm deciding to live my life. I want to be an example. I want, I want to make known the beauty of Jesus. And I know people are filming this. <laughs> Put that on the top of priorities. <laughs> Local church planner punches bald man. <laughs> you know that's the headline. <laughs> and so I, he, he eventually just backs away. And uh, we invite several people to church right after that. They're like, hey, we know you're the pastors of Kalos Church, and we were watching you, and you practice what you preach. All right. well, we want to come to your church. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's how we got Heather. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you know, but this whole idea of be angry and do not sin, you know, there, there are times where we are going to be angry. And we need an anger plan. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that. But we need to choose now how we're going to respond when things approach us, when circumstances happen. Because, I mean, anger is a part of our humanity. It's part of our experience. And you're not going to be punished for having anger. And I want to phrase this right. You won't be punished for your anger. But if you aren't careful, you'll be punished by your anger. You know, when we give in to these moments, yes, maybe we didn't deserve this experience, we didn't deserve this circumstance, but how we respond, that's on us. And so when you have anger brewing inside of you, that is not an excuse to be unkind to someone. When you have anger and frustration inside of you, that's not an excuse to verbally abuse someone, to put someone down sarcastically, to cast someone aside, to dismiss someone just because you're agitated. When you are legitimately angry, that's not an excuse for domestic abuse. It's just not. As followers of Jesus, we can be angry, but we're not supposed to sin. We're not supposed to give in to these moments of frustration and agitation, even if it's rooted in something appropriate. As followers of Jesus, our anger must be rooted and expressed in love. It's just part of our Christian faith. It's part of our walk. We've all given into moments of anger, amen, and we've experienced a lifetime of consequences for it. And so that's why the, the Bible helps us and gives us parameters for anger. And so point number three, we need to follow an anger plan. And I want to kind of lay out something that's helpful and following an anger plan, that means, hey, we're going we're gonna to figure out how we're going to respond when these circumstances approach us. And so the first thing in an anger plan is you need to learn to recognize the signs that your anger is brewing. Do you know when you're angry? You know, sometimes I don't even know that I'm angry. It's when my, literally my body will, like, give out and my back will stiffen up. There have been times where I've just been so emotionally distressed that I was, like, unable to get out of my bed or my like my whole body just cramps up and I, I realized oh my goodness I haven't been listening to my emotions I am so angry right now do you recognize the signs of your anger do you know when you're about to explode or see that you're gonna let bitterness ferment and fester inside of you do you recognize the signs of your anger and, and we 
be with our anger plan, recognize the signs, but we need to choose to respond and not react. React is like when you just, you know, let someone else or a circumstance take the initiative and determine how you behave. Response is saying, hey, I'm deciding ahead of time when I feel and recognize the signs of anger, this is how I'm going to approach the situation. I mean, if I would have given in to my feelings, I would have punched a bald man. And I would have loved it. I would have done it with a smile. Even if he knocked me out, I would have loved it for the story. I just would have. But I decided ahead of time, I will not punch the bald man. James 1.19 says it like this. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Remains anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So we should be slow to anger. There are moments when, you know, my wife and I, we get in an argument, things get a little heated, and we say, hey, we just need to take a moment. We just need to cool down. Because I, I, we just need to slow down this anger. Have you ever been there? We just, this is escalating quickly. We just need to slow down this anger. And so we're called to be slow. This is maybe part of your anger plan. Or some of us, we're a little too slow in our response <laughs> to anger. And that's why, like what we read earlier in Ephesians 4, in your anger do not sin. Check this out. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And some of us, we're angry and we're so slow that the sun has gone down and we don't even care about that person anymore. Because our, our anger just causes us to avoid. Our anger just causes us to ignore and not address the real issues. And some of us, maybe we've had relationships where something happened and you let the sun go down in your anger. And now you don't even have a relationship with that person anymore. I say, like, let's settle our anger issues while we both care about the relationship. That's good for some of our marriages in here, for some of our friendships here. You've been angry for so long. You've been angry for so long that there's just no even sunlight in your marriage anymore. Don't let, don't let the, the sun go down on your anger. Don't be too slow. Handle it. Have the awkward conversation. Get close to each other again. Talk it out. Work it out. Share your anger. Don't just ignore it. And, and see, part of the anger plan that I encourage us all, us all to do is release your anger into something constructive. Release your anger into something constructive. I like this poem. The poem says, when anger springs up in my heart, dear Lord, because of the evil I see, just help me to channel the wrath that I feel and do something noble through me. Do something noble through me. This anger is a part of me, but this anger is a sign that something needs to change. This frustration could be holy. This anger could be a sacrament. What is God speaking to me in my anger? Is there something in your life that is consistently making you angry? Is there something in your life that's consistently frustrating you? Maybe the Lord is revealing to you that there's a hurt in your life or there's something, a problem you're called to solve. I believe sometimes the things that anger us and frustrate us the most are what we're called to solve. It's part of our calling. You might be in this place and you don't know what your purpose in life is. Well, I want to let you know, first and foremost, it's just to enjoy God, to love God and be loved by God, but it's also to solve a problem in this earth. We are called to advance the kingdom of God, to add value to this world, to leave it better than we found it. This is a part of our calling. We are problem solvers. 
And what you're frustrated about, what agitates you, it's probably linked to your destiny. For those of you who have been wandering and wondering, listen to your anger. Find your purpose. Solve the problem. Instead of complaining about, ah, you know, just, there's so much depression in this world. Why don't we do something about it? Instead of, hey, oh, I'm so angry that, you know, there's no foster parents and 100 kids had to stay in hotels because nobody loved them enough to say, hey, there's a place in my house for you. I care about you. I'll be inconvenienced for your, in- for your convenience. I'll go where I don't belong so that you do belong. I will help you. I will be part of God's plan to set the lonely in families. I will make a spot for you in my heart, in my home. Instead of just being agitated and frustrated, let's solve the problem. Anger is a sign that something needs to change. Some of us are so upset about the the condition of the earth, and are we going to leave this earth better than we found it for the next generation? Will they suffer from the consequences that we create today? Some of us, instead of just complaining about it, let's do something about it. Some of us hate the political discourse and culture and climate in this nation. Instead of just complaining about it, let's do something about it. Anger is a sign that something needs to change. What is your anger calling you to solve? What is your anger trying to communicate to you? A number of years ago, I was interning at a church, and I was pastoring the youth, and I just saw a lot of hypocrisy in the church. And it frustrated me, and it angered me. I didn't like what I saw in the leadership. And so I was so jaded by what I saw inside the church, I said, you know what, I'm done with the church. I love God, but I hate the church. And in a fit of rage, I moved to Korea and got my master's in education and decided I'm done with the church. I'm going to become a high school principal. And so I went through this principal license course, and I said, Lord, I'm just, I'm done with the church. We're, we're cool, God, but the church is just filled with hypocrites. And so I'm, I'm working on this education. I get the master's. I'm working in a charter school in Minneapolis, and then God speaking through my then-girlfriend said, hey, God called you to be a pastor. Why are you running away from your calling? What are you doing? And I just, I'm just, I'm so angry at the church. I'm so angry at what I'm seeing. And just as I considered what my girlfriend, Amritha, said, started to pray, and I felt like the Lord said, hey, you're called to the church. You're seeing these problems because you're called to solve them. You're a leader. What kind of leader doesn't recognize the problem? And instead of just being filled with rage and annoyed with the church, why don't you create the kind of church that is beautiful? Why don't you be part of the solution? Why don't you do something about it? Instead of complaining, start constructing, right? And some of us are so frustrated and agitated and annoyed at something because you're called to partner with God to be part of the solution. And I I just think that the devil would love to take your anger and twist it so what you are called to do, it would just come out and just being mean to someone or physically abusing someone. Some of you have anger inside of you and you're just, you're cowards in the home because you express your anger and the people around you instead of being a warrior for God saying, I am going to destroy the gates of hell. I am going to destroy sex trafficking. I am going to destroy depression. 
I am going to destroy the injustices of this world. I will take a stand. I will fight for the things that are on God's heart. My anger is communicating to me that I am called to solve this problem. And Kalos Church, what is frustrating you? What is agitating you? What is God calling you to do? Are you going to complain or are you going to construct? Are you going to wonder, is someone else going to do something? Or are you going to say, God, use me to add value to this world. Use me to make this world a better place. Instead of saying, what has this world come to? We say, look at has, what has come to the world. Jesus Christ, the King of glory. For those of us who are longing for justice, we know that can only be satisfied in the true King and the true Judge, Jesus Christ. And our longing for justice is a longing for Jesus. And we will be the conduits that say, Jesus, work through me. I will solve that problem. If there's a holy agitation in you and you feel like God is even speaking to you in anger, I want to call you to stand up to your feet. If the Lord is speaking to you, there's a holy frustration inside of you. And you're saying, I'm not just going to sit by, I'm not just going to sit idle, but I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to solve a problem.